Welcome to Brawny Conversations. I am Patrick Braun, your host. This podcast will provide our listeners with informative and entertaining discussions held with experienced people covering a wide range of topics. If you want to shorten your learning curve or just learn more about one of our topics, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy our discussion. Today's guest is a good friend of mine who has extensive experience in the world of endurance sports and training. In fact, he founded a company, Vantage Point Endurance, to help others achieve their endurance sport dreams, maybe their first 5K or possibly to compete for Worlds in Ironman. John and I have been friends for several years now, and he is one of the people responsible for me diving into my Ironman adventure. His dedication to coaching earned him the opportunity to attend and earn the distinctive certification as a USAT Level 2 Endurance Coach. His greatest accomplishments as a coach have been coaching several athletes to qualify for the Boston Marathon and Ironman 70.3 World Championship races, as well as over 100 Ironman finishers. His personal bests are at 11.35.30 at Ironman Texas and a four-hour and 59 minutes at Ironman New Orleans. John, I am so excited to have this conversation today, and welcome to the Brawny Conversations podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. It's absolutely my pleasure. Hey, before we dive in, you are now training for Ironman Arizona. It's three months out, and you recently had a procedure done in your knee. How is your training progressing, and what expectations do you have for this race? Yeah, training for this race is going really well. Uh, it's been quite the adventure getting back. Uh, I went in for small procedure. I thought it was a small procedure a few months ago on my, on my right knee and thought it was just a little torn meniscus. And they got in there and found that I had level three, uh, arthritis. So the doctor did a little extra while he was in there to clean it up and, uh, tried to add a little bit of cushion and after the procedure told me that basically the the more I run, the sooner I would be to a knee replacement. And somehow I heard you should do an Ironman. <laughs> and <laughs> so, uh, so after you signed up for Ironman Arizona, I decided, Hey, that sounds like a good idea on a bad knee. Uh, but John, after, that sounds like that sounds like it's the Marine in you coming out. <laughs> that's, I think that's the triathlete in, everybody that I know. Um, I've got some really good friends that have had uh, major injuries, major joint replacements that have been told, hey, you're never supposed to run again. And next thing I know, there are four or five Ironmans, several marathons in, and they just assume that they'll just go get another joint replacement when it's time. So uh, I don't feel like I'm any different than them. I'm not looking forward to a knee replacement. So this will probably be my last, uh, my last full. And this is more of a redemption race than anything else. Uh, after, uh, DNFing at Ironman Arizona in 2019, uh, due to a back injury, uh, really freak injury too, while I was there. Um, but back to the question, the, the training is going better than expected. The, uh, the knee surgery has been, very uh very successful to date uh i do have to limit uh, the amount of running i do and i've just lowered my expectations to just going to cross the finish line well and i think that's a healthy approach and you know that's the beautiful thing about ironman training is that there's a lot of variety in it between the swims and the biking and the running and you've told me that you've modified your running methodology a little bit right instead of just you know going all out as long as and as far as you can you've modified it to a, a kind of, of a walk run uh alteration so maybe maybe give us a little bit of information about that yeah so i noticed that uh when i run for longer periods of time so anything more than call it 30 minutes nonstop, that's when my knee really starts to get pretty angry at me. And we had a few people that were in my running club. I've got a, a really great running club that I'm a member of. And, and, you know, we're all unfortunately getting older. Joints are getting bad. People are getting injured more often. And I was running with uh, some of the people that were coming off of an injury and they were doing the four one methodology where it's four minutes run, one minute walk. And they do that only for their long runs. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to try that with you guys. And I was able to go 
two hours and finish with very limited pain and very limited soreness. Uh, and ironically, uh, if I'm able to maintain those paces for the full Ironman, I would actually PR my run by almost an hour and a half. Wow. So it's amazing. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice balance. I, I feel no stress when I go for my long runs. I don't have that anxiety of, Oh my God, I've got to go out for a two hour run or a two and a half hour run because those are just, especially in the heat that we've been dealing with, we've had a brutal summer. Uh, so doing this four one methodology has been really nice because those four minutes, you just kind of just go and you can just go how you feel and know that you've got a small break coming up. So, if you're feeling really good for that four minutes, you can kind of pick the pace up a little bit, knowing that you're going to get a little bit of a break. And if you're struggling, well, it's only four minutes of struggling, and then you get another break. So, it, so it's it's been a great uh, a great balance. It's not something I would have thought of doing uh, pre knee surgery, but now it's going to be, you know, it, it'll be what it'll be for the race. And if if it gets me through and gets me to the finish line, then all the better. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a great approach and a great technique, and I appreciate you sharing that. And you know, for our listeners, I mean, John is a, a very strong, strong man, strong athlete. He's super strong in the swim with a with a strong swimming background, and he's really strong on the bike as well. So uh, it's uh, it's thrive on the swim and bike, and it's going to be survive on the run. But uh, I think you're going to do just fine, and uh, probably beat me by an hour or two. So. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, my only competitor in this race uh, lies between my ears. <laughs> I, I know that very well. I know that very well. Well, uh, hey, what brought you into this crazy world of triathlons and competition and endurance sports? You had some very special circumstances that really brought you into it. Can you tell us, you know, how that all happened and how you got interested in, in endurance sports? Yeah. So uh, I started uh, obviously after the Marine Corps. You kind of go into this lull. Yeah, every, you know, your workouts always had a purpose when you're in the Marine Corps. And then the purpose is to defend the country. Uh, so you're you're trying to always stay in, in top shape all the time. And then you get out and you just kind of hit this, what do I do now kind of moment. And for me, I came out of the military, you know, legs were sore, knees were always kind of hurting. You, you kind of put yourself through the ringer. Uh, when you're in the service. So you get out and you're just trying to find something that, that works for you. And for me, that was hitting the gym a lot. And then uh, I got really involved in cycling. I always had, I always enjoyed cycling, but I really got really delved into it. Uh, started with uh, events like the MS 150, which is the Houston to Austin uh, bike ride. Uh, and then I, I had a really unfortunate situation happen. Uh, my heart one day decided it didn't want to work properly anymore. Uh, and I went into uh, atrial ventricular fibrillation, which uh, required being young and dumb, thinking you're invincible. I kind of ignored it. And ignoring something like that is a really, it's a recipe for disaster. Uh after obviously recovering, because I obviously did survive it, but I, I came out of it with an enlarged heart and uh, had basically had to re reacclimate, become an athlete again. I wasn't, I was really, uh, I was out of it pretty badly. So uh, it took months upon months and I, uh, I got back into cycling uh, once I was released and, and told, okay, you can start working out again. Got, in, got back into cycling, and then I met these two incredibly crazy people, uh, Nilda and Jess Hassel. And when I say crazy, they are—they were just nuts. Uh, married couple, obviously. And I met them in a spin class, and they were just—they're huge uh, Seinfeld uh, fans, which so we had that in common, and we just this relationship between the three of us just blossomed and, and they were into adventure racing and i was like okay okay that sounds kind of cool and the adventure races the first one i did with them was a, was a 12-hour race 
And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story about it uh, later because it, it's kind of funny. Uh, but the first one was just a 12 hour and 12 hour race in adventure racing is pretty short. And we got all the way up to a 72 hour race and the 72 hour race really, uh, that one will get you because you start getting pretty delirious Pretty much after about 24 hours, things start so going you, a little fuzzy. you sleep at all during the 72-hour race? Uh, uh, no, we, we slept, but uh, we, we slept more out of uh, concern that we were going to fall off a mountaintop. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we, uh, our navigator, uh, uh, I won't say any names, Jess, uh, <laughs> kind of got us lost. And uh, we... At, you know, in the middle of Oklahoma, middle of the night, you're on this hill and you're not 100% sure where you are, but you can kind of see these lights out in the distance and they almost look like they're eye level. And when you wake up and you decide, okay, we're going to go ahead and just take a break here for a minute and wake up and realize you're only 15 feet from falling off a 70 foot drop oh, on a cliff. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, <laughs> so wait a second here. Let me get it. Let me get this straight. So, you know, you get out of the Marines, you have this heart problem and you're looking for a way to get back and active and healthy again. And so you start doing 12 and 72 hour adventure races, John, that's not normal. Yeah. It's, um, I don't think any of us are though. <laughs> uh, I, that's, that's the funny thing is I, I don't feel like I'm unique in, in, in the world of endurance sports. I don't think there's anything really that unique about me. If anything, I might be, tamer than most um because <laughs> I've, I've met some people that, are, that i just look at and i'm like you're nuts okay let's go do that um because wow. <laughs> um, you don't learn how to do this stuff without somebody kind of encouraging you to do it which means there's always somebody crazier than you um, yes a hundred percent a hundred percent and that's where you know i'm thinking that that the people that are really going to benefit from this conversation are people that you know want to get in a healthier lifestyle have thought about triathlons have you know maybe even dreamed about an iron man but but just don't know where to start and so i'm kind of you know going back you know do you remember when you were you know so you're through these adventure races and somehow you decided you were going to start to do a, a triathlon right what was mm-hmm. getting stuck like for you right did you have a bike i mean it sounds like you did give us some of that basic information and then relay some of the challenges you had to overcome as a beginner trying to figure this stuff yeah. out um so as a beginner it's it, it's it's a little bit interesting so the same two people milda and jess they they had already done triathlons and i already knew how to swim and i knew how to bike and you know, because I was in the Marine Corps, you don't have a choice but to run. Um, I've never, I've never been a great runner. Not, never in my life have I been a great runner. I think I, I was a bit of an overachiever for my God-given talent uh, when I was able to really put the effort in. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never, I've never been a, what I would consider any sort of a top-tier runner. I've always been kind of middle of the pack, maybe even below. Um, okay, so. So, and running's just always been a struggle for me. I like, I run like a swimmer. Uh, so <laughs> so it, it, it just, it is what it is. Um, but uh, I was like, you know, that, but triathlon sounds like kind of fun. We, we had done all these, all these adventure races. And then we started doing these, a lot of the sprint triathlons around town. Uh, and for the longest time, uh, in fact, the, the very first race that I did, it was, uh, it was a half Ironman distance race. I'm sorry. It was, I'm sorry. It was an Olympic distance race in Galveston. Okay. It was before, it was before, uh, the Ironman Texas, uh, half in Galveston became, a, an event owned by Ironman. It was okay. long before there was, I believe it was called some like Lone Star something or other. Okay. But anyway, it was, it was an Olympic distance race and I, did something very similar to you. I jumped in, jumped in the water for this, for this one mile swim. And even as a swimmer, uh, being, you know, cold water was cold. The wetsuits were nothing like what they are. Uh, now it was, uh, it was a, kind of a crappy surfer type wetsuit. And I ended up doing a one mile breaststroke. I can relate to that. That'll be a future podcast. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, so, uh, kind of just, uh, 
stuck in stuck in this oh my god how do i swim in the open water plus the water was freezing cold um and that ended up that that was my very first triathlon and it was and just a complete freak out in the water, which I really did not expect. You grow up swimming, you think, okay, I'm going to jump in the water. I'm going to be, this is going to be great. I'm going to tear the, tear the course up. And no, you're not. It's, it's going to be horrible. It doesn't matter how great of a swimmer you are. That very first time you swim open water uh, with, with, you know, hundreds of your best friends. It, <laughs> Claw, clawing it's, over you. Yes. Clawing over you. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, it freaks you out a little bit sometimes. Well, it's an interesting <laughs> point you make, John, because uh, I have not been doing Ironman's long, right? Just basically I did a half and now I'm training for a full, but what I've learned in, in this length of races is that you have a mental struggle, no matter how much you've trained, you hit peaks and valleys and, and there's, there's mental tests, no matter how physically strong you are, you go through these mental tests and, uh, you, you experienced that right in the beginning. And I'm sure you experienced it in all of the races you've done over your career where you've got to cross those barriers and fight through them. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, is that it doesn't even matter, uh, how many races you've done. Uh, I'm, I'm well over, uh, I'm, I've got to be approaching 200 triathlons by now. And, and that's, that's everything from short sprints, which uh, there was a time where I would do 10 to 15 of those, you know, over the course of, over the course of summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but there isn't to this day, uh, I show up at a race and when it's time to get in the water, the, the nerves start, I could look and watch my heart rates climbing. Um, it, it, it just, it doesn't, and, to this day, I can get in the water and still have uh, a bit of an anxiety issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the the only thing that overcomes that is just uh, proper training and reminding yourself. You know, having having those those thoughts in your head of, "Hey, this is okay. You're going to be fine. You've yep. done this. You've trained for this." And once you get past it, it's kind of this constant. Uh, talking to yourself and, and reassuring yourself, listen, you know how to swim. It's okay that you just got hit in the head. Don't worry that that guy just kicked you in your private. You know, it's, yep, yep. Uh, you know okay, you're, you might throw up a little bit because that kind of hurt. Um, but, you know, yeah. it, you know I, I, took a, I took a shot in the head during Ironman Texas one year where I, I literally thought I had a concussion. He hit me so hard. Wow. Um, and well, that's also because you were racing up with the big boys, I'm sure. Well, it wasn't so much that, but uh, luckily Ironman, um, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I enjoyed the mass start swims. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like one of the uh, one of the unique things about Ironman was that you got to start with everybody. And so my first two races were like that. And, and as nerve wracking as that is, it's there's an excitement about that that I feel like people are missing out on now. Um, there's still some races where they'll do age group starts. So it might be like a hundred people start, but unless you make it to the you know world championship races where everybody starts together, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's something that, uh, that a lot of people are missing now. And it's, like I said, it, it's nerve wracking, but it's, man, is it fun? <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> well, it's fine. You know, listen to you tell, tell the story and, you know, you think about Ironman and, and ultimately the appeal. And, and obviously it's quite an accomplishment to, to complete one of these events. But I think there's deep satisfaction for, for participants in overcoming the, not only the physical, but the mental challenges that occur through the training and through the race itself, as you've outlined. Um, right. Very satisfying when you've completed that distance over that amount of time and, and have broken through those barriers because they're real. And like you said, you don't know when they're going to happen, but you know, they are going to happen. And during all three oh, elements. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy that the, the amount of self doubt that creeps in and it's constant throughout the race. It's, you start getting to the point where you, where, where you're running and you're thinking, okay, I'm just going to run from a station to aid station, which is about a mile apart. And before you know it, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to run to that next light post. You know, and then I'm going to walk a light post. I'm going to run to the next light post. And it's uh, constantly having these, uh, these internal battles. Yeah. And, and what's, what's fun about this sport, 
uh, and we'll probably get a little more into this in a little bit is I've got, uh, I've got coaches that work for my company that are professional triathletes. So like, I don't want to drop any names. People can go on the website and see where our coaches are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've, we've got uh, professional triathletes that have won Ironmans. Wow. And they will tell you that they've had, they have these same conversations, the same, the same thought processes that are going through the, the mind of the 17 hour finisher are going through the mind of the eight and a half hour finisher. It's, mm-hmm. it's just constant. It's, it's during the swim, the, the, have I trained hard enough? Am I going the right speed? Am I, am I going too hard? Am I not going hard enough? All the, all those thoughts that are coming through your head when, once you're on the bike, it's, am I going too fast? Am I going to be able to run or am I going to, am I leaving time on the course? Um, you know, and you know, the, for the age grouper, a lot of it is the times that you're trying to beat are just self-inflicted. You're, you said, okay, I want to finish in 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Not that there's some magical reason to finish in 12 hours, but maybe that's your goal. You want to finish in 12 hours and you start, you get on the bike and you start realizing, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm only going 12 miles an hour because I'm going into a gust of wind that, that came out, came out of the worst hurricane on the planet. Um, <laughs> and you anything, start, anything can happen and you can't control and, the and, weather. You can't, and you, you really can't control anything is is the problem. And, and being able to tell yourself, okay, there's nothing magical about 12 hours. There's nothing. Okay. I still want to get to 12 hours. Maybe, maybe telling yourself, okay, I'm going to make the turnaround and now I'm going to be able to go 40 miles an hour, but it's being able to reassure yourself that, Hey, plan A may not happen today. Let's go to plan B. Uh, you know, and it could be anything from the weather to, uh, you know, maybe you wake up that morning and you're not feeling 100 percent or you didn't sleep well the night before. Yep. Uh, you know, there's so many nuances that can come into play, especially when you get into events that you're talking going, you know, the half Ironman distance going, you know, I'll say over five hours. Um but really probably for the, for most age groupers, it's over six. Um, you start going six hours, a lot, a lot can change in a six hour period in the course of a day. You yeah. take that out to 13, 14, 15 hours. You're talking, you're, you might have temperature changes of 40 degrees. Yeah. John, you're, you're right on. And you know, what I'm learning about right now and, and, you know, with your guidance and some of my other friends that are, you know, done multiple triathletes, uh, triathlons like yourself, um, you know, just the nutritional aspect, you've got to get that right, even in a half Ironman. But, but as you move to the full, uh, you know, if you don't get the nutrition, right, you've got nothing left for the, for the run and yeah. got to get it all right. And, and, uh, it takes some special knowledge and, and some trial and error and some preparation in advance, right? All that kind of stuff to get that stuff right, to even have a chance to finish. Yeah. Uh, nutrition, I mean, it's, it's the fourth discipline. And it, one of the things that just, it really chaps me is I'm on a lot of the Facebook pages for a lot of the different Ironman races. And I, I, try, I try to be funny, especially when you're, you know, three, six months out from a race, kind of yep. joking around, trying to keep things light. You know, people ask questions. Some, some questions, you know, I don't want to, because they're, if they're asking, they're, they're genuinely in need of help. Yep. Uh, some, some questions border on ridiculous, but the ones that really chat me are the ones that are, you know, the week of the race. Hey, what are you doing for your nutrition? Yeah, I, know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> dude, just defer, just defer. Because yeah. if you're asking that question the week of the race, you're you're in trouble. Yeah, like that, it's true. That, I mean, as a beginner, I'm I'm picking your brain. I'm picking other people's brains. I'm reading. I'm trying different things. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Right now, I'm in a point where I'm riding four and a half hours and running over two hours, and and I'm I'm using those supplements to see what works best in my stomach. Right. While mm-hmm. I'm doing these activities yep. and, uh, you know, we're three months out and I've been doing this for a couple months now, just trying to get it right. And I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but yeah. but yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta dive in and I'm just a beginner, but, um, I know this from 
you know, talking to all of all of you guys that are so experienced is that if you don't get it right, you don't have a chance. And and getting it right, you're unfortunately getting it right might be getting it right one out of four times. Uh, it, it's Great. hard to nail. <laughs> and, and, and you may not get it right the first time. You may not get it right until the fourth or fifth time. Wow. Um, and and what's funny is is like uh, you know like I said with some of the pros that are on our staff, um, they may finally get it right, and then they get faster, and then they don't have it right anymore because they got faster. So now their 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 metabolism has changed. The amount of calories that they require has changed, but the amount of calories you can consume hasn't changed. So it's uh, you end up. With this, for a lot of people, the the roadblock becomes, I can't physically take in the amount of nutrition that I need to be able to perform at that peak. Okay. So, so there, there's this training of the gut that has to take place mm-hmm. where, where, you know, maybe at first you, a hundred calories an hour is all you can get in, uh, you know, on the bike, you want to get that to, you know, 350, 400 calories, uh, so, but that takes effort. You have to actually work at that. If you if you're used to just drinking a, a couple of bottles of Gatorade per hour, and then all of a sudden on race day you're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to take in three gels and two bottles of Gatorade, and then I'm even going to stop and grab some of the bars that they have at, at the aid station. And you're you're going to be puking in the first mile of the run. Going to be going to so, be trouble. Yeah, that's not yeah. going to take you through 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 hours, right? No, no, not at all. It it you it's you have to train. You have to race the way you train, and that includes how you fuel. Got it. Got it. Great insight. And obviously, if anybody wants to dive in, get some help with nutrition and training, we'll give your contact information at the end of the podcast. Uh, and, uh, you'd be great reference and and not just you, but your whole coaching staff. Mm -hmm. So, um, we've talked about a lot of things. Let's shift gears a little bit and want to know if you have any funny experiences that our listeners could learn from, from you or or any of your racers. Um, yeah. So funny experiences probably happen earlier in your, in your triathlon career. Um, and I think this, I, I, I'm probably not the only person that's ever done this, but I, I really did a full uh, 5K run at, at one of my sprints. Uh, and my buddy, Lee Allen, his, his now wife, I, I, I met his wife at this particular race because she ran up next to me and she's like, hey, you still got your helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not. I'm not. So I, I did a, I did a 5K race with my helmet on. That is um, awesome. Arrow. Which isn't as which isn't as bad as what I saw a few weeks ago when I literally saw a pro do an entire bike ride with his wetsuit on. So he forgot that to take his sounds, wetsuit off, and he, he did the entire. Awful. It was horrible. He he did the entire bike ride with his wetsuit on. Um, so, oh my you know, gosh! Anything can happen, I guess. Right? Anything can happen. Um, Wow. The the funniest experience, though, was uh, if we go back to that 72-hour adventure race that I did. Okay. Uh, when we got chased by llamas. What? Uh, yeah, Where were you? Yeah. Where were you? Uh, we were in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, Ar- there are llamas in Oklahoma? <laughs> Let's see. It was, Arkansas, it, was the, it was the Arklatex race. So Arkansas, so Arkansas, not Oklahoma. Sorry. Okay. It was Arkansas. It was the Arklatex race. And uh, yeah, after we after we uh, woke up and realized we were 15 feet from falling off a cliff, uh, we started working our <laughs> yeah, we started working our way down, and uh, all of this all these adventure races are, take place over it, it, it might cover a hundred mile area, so there the the amount of area that you're covering is wide, and you're going through a lot of private properties. And one of the private properties just happened to be a llama farm. Oh no! That we didn't know about. And as we were walking, we see two llamas just hauling ass at us. And we're you know we're forty eight hours into this race, and here come these two llamas, and we're like, what do we do? Uh, and uh, somehow I decided to start throwing trail mix at them, thinking maybe. <laughs> 
I, I have no idea if llamas like trail mix, <laughs> but they ate it and they eventually left us alone. But yeah, we, we getting, getting chased by llamas is probably my most memorable. That is a unique and memorable experience for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, you know, I'm sitting here and, uh, you know, I'm a beginner. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm thinking about doing this. Let's let's get into the personal benefits that you've seen from pursuing this activity. What have, what have the benefits been to you? Uh, and first and foremost, uh, I, luckily, uh, I actually um, met my wife when I was training for my first Ironman. Um, I was in. Uh, so good for good for you. Bad for her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she probably she would probably agree with that. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we, I was, I'd actually just started running again, uh, again, coming off of, uh, another injury. Um, I, I was, uh, just starting to run again. Uh, my cycling and swimming had been good, but I was just getting back into running and, uh, we just happened to be at the same run club. So, uh, so we met there at the gym, uh, at the, the run club that the gym had. Okay. Uh, so that, so that was a good thing that came out of it, but, uh, yeah, very good. Very good. Thing. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you. Man. You do have a wonderful wife, and uh, she's yep. also lucky to have you. So, yep. I yeah, and, she, and, uh, and I was actually that was actually my first Boston qualifier uh, that I coached was her. So that was okay. that's kind of cool. That um, is cool. And you're still yeah. married. That's great. Still married. You uh, must be a good coach. <laughs> Probably a better coach than husband. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so, so hey, John, what what advice could you offer someone who's interested in in doing these triathlons and training for endurance sports in general, but just doesn't know where to start? Yeah, it's 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 confusing. It it can be really overwhelming. Um, I think the first thing is uh, get involved with a local triathlon club. Um, too many people think, oh my gosh, first thing I have, I have to hire a coach and it's going to cost this much money. And then I have to go buy a bike and I have to do it. No, the first thing you do is get online, get, get, watch some YouTube videos. There's tons of stuff out there. There are tons of coaches out there like me that will just put free content out there and, and give advice on how to get started. Um, USA triathlon has got great resources for, uh, for beginners on what to do, how to get into the sport. Um, and it's, it's been a huge challenge for triathlon in general, because the sport, the sport was going through, uh, a huge downsizing, especially after COVID COVID wrecked us. It was just, it was really bad for, for the triathlon world. Every, every race was canceled. Uh, training groups were, were diminished. Uh, triathletes like to do things together mm-hmm. and, you know, nobody wanted to do anything together because nobody wanted to get COVID. Right. Uh, so it, it just, it really destroyed the sport in a way. And I feel like it's truly come back uh, better than ever. Ironman's done a great job of, first of all, they did a great job of allowing people to defer all those races. Um, I, I hear a lot of crap that Iron Man gets. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off. I'm going a little sideways here, but uh, uh, but Iron Man uh, did a great job. And uh, if anybody from Iron Man is out there listening, you, kudos to you for the way that was handled because they allowed uh, lots of people to just keep deferring their races, and, keep, and that was at a huge cost to them. They were mm-hmm. under no obligation to do that, and that really helped. Uh, keep the sport, I don't want to say intact, but way better than it could have been. Yeah, it gave the sport um, hope. Gave the sport it hope. It did. And then there's a, and now there's this, this new organization out there called the PTO, which is bringing a whole new dimension to triathlon, this whole team mm-hmm. dynamic. It's, it's almost like live golf to uh, to the PGA Tour. Okay, it's, wow. You know, right? it's, bringing, it's bringing a new dynamic that's dis- to it. That's a major disruptive uh, additive, going to be complex. We won't get into that conversation, but yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. So it'll, it'll basically could potentially change the face of endurance sports, right? It, it could. It, it just, it could, but it, I think it, it's it, rather than this animosity that those two organizations have right now, I feel like PTO is kind of, is complimentary. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so so it's been great, uh, and okay. and I'm actually doing my first PTO race uh, uh, 
in a few weeks. So I'm, okay. I'm looking forward to that because it's going to be fun to be able to race and then watch the pros race yeah. um, on yeah. the same course. But, uh, but back to the question of, you know, what to do if you're just getting started, it's, you know, get involved in a, in, in a triathlon club that's local to you. There's tons of them. You can go on the USA triathlon website. They have a list of all the USAT clubs um, and just absorb knowledge from them. You know, just become a sponge. Um, you can, you can spend a lot of money in this sport. It can get really out of hand really fast. Um, I don't recommend anybody doing that. That's coming brand new into the sport. You know, if, if you've got, you know, your old Schwinn bicycle, that is a perfectly acceptable bicycle to use for your first track. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, yeah, I would say nice. start out, start out, you know, like it, it's funny people, anybody can do this. I mean, you might not be able to run a mile, but if you start and you walk a mile, you swim a couple hundred yards, you, you ride a bike around the block and you do that consistently over time and, and gradually increase your distance, increase your speed. You can be an Ironman competitor. Yeah. Right? You can. And, and, and it doesn't take long. Um, uh, you know, too, too often I hear people that, in, in the coaching world, you hear, you know, a lot of craziness. Um, and, you know, you'll get, you'll, you'll have people contact you and say, Hey, I, I want to train for an Ironman. Great. What have you done? Um, well, I haven't done anything, but okay. So explain what no, I haven't done anything means. No, I haven't done anything. Like I've, I've never done anything and I want to do an Ironman in six months and you kind of have to talk them off a cliff. Yeah. Um, so you're run, you, you hear a lot of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting it's, because to say that, I mean, I, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life and I've always done some sort of endurance training, but even before I did my first half Ironman, I trained for nine months Oh yeah, and, uh, and, and had a really quite a pleasurable time, uh, in that race. So it, it does just take some commitment and consistency, but, but you can definitely do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I took, uh, I took almost seven years between my, from the time I started doing triathlon, it was seven years before I even attempted a half. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't do a full until I, I, I finished seven half Ironmans before I attempted my first full. Yeah. That's probably smart. That's probably smart so, as I'm digesting yeah. this full Ironman training. It's more than, it's more than twice as hard as the half. So, uh, I can see the desire of the, of the benefits of doing more half Ironmans for sure. Yeah. Um, but I want to wrap up the, the big, the beginner conversation, right? It's a leverage local tri groups, find a, find a bike shop that hosts a local ride. Yeah. It's simple on the bike, you know, borrow, borrow one, buy, borrow one. Bike, yeah. you know, just, just keep it simple. Find yeah. a running club, right? Those are all the great things that you yep. brought out here. And, and, and don't feel like you got to go Iron Man or go home. Just get out right, there and exactly. have fun and enjoy oh, the people in your community who are already doing it. Right. Yeah. I, I think the, you know, the, if there's one, if there's one piece of equipment that somebody should should spend, I don't want to say a, a significant amount of money on, but the correct amount of money on, it's a proper pair of running shoes. Yeah, because yeah. because there is nothing that will injure you quicker than being in the wrong shoes. Well, and John, I I, want, I absolutely want to do another podcast with you, and we will in in a month or two, um, specifically on the technology of, of endurance sport training, because you've introduced me to some tools that I've used and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll basically the, the, the bike trainers and watches and all the, the goggles, all those different things that make a difference. And I don't yep. want to go into this podcast, but we'll definitely do one just specifically on the technology, um, sure. that can make training convenient and very efficient. Okay. I've got two more questions for you. So, uh, First off, we've talked about the beginner, but now let's talk about the person who's experienced but really wants to take it to the next level, right? That's that person that maybe has done a half or, or multiple fulls and, uh, you know, ultimately wants to try and qualify, you know, win their age group, maybe qualify for a championship, right? What would you recommend to those folks? Yeah, so unless uh, unless you've got a some sort of a coaching background or – and even and even if you do, one the the key to getting to that next level is really nailing the nutrition, nailing the training. 
there there's a there's only so far that God given talent will get you. And for some people, God given talent is all they need. They just they're, they're just phenomenal athletes. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they just they wake up and they're and, and they're Iron Man winners. It's just uh, but those are those are few and far between. Uh, most of what you see out there, when you see uh, the Yans out there that that are consistently winning, they're winning world championships. Uh, they've nailed every single aspect of their training, uh, and even it's gotten to the point where the forty to forty nine age group winner at, at an Ironman is running faster times than the Ironman winners were just a few short years ago. Uh, yeah, so. So the the level of competition has just gotten it, it's gotten intense. So yeah. so really, what it comes down to uh, is getting up, getting the coach that meets your build. Okay. Uh, so like I'm 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 a level two endurance certified coach. It's kind of basically what that means is I've gone through the classes and gone through the training to get certified to coach at the in, at the uh, 70.3 and beyond level is okay. what we'll, call, call long, we'll just call it long course. Okay. Um, that doesn't really mean anything. Okay. If it means that I know how to, I, I know enough about nutrition. I know enough about uh, the training methodology to get you to the finish line. There, there are coaches out there uh I've got one of my, I, I don't want to call him a great friend. I, he's, he is a friend of mine and he's also one of my mentors. He's, he's done a lot of my coaching. His name is Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is what I would consider to be like, if you're, if you want to be a pro and there's a lot of coaches like him, you want to be a pro triathlete, you want to win your age group. You need a coach like him um, okay. because he's going to do the extreme metabolic testing they're going to nail down every single aspect of, of training, right? I'll get, I'll, I'll get you to the finish line. I'll even get you, you know, I'll, if you, if you're putting in the training, I could get you to an age group uh, type wing, but th- there's that next level. And that next level really is it's when you're getting into, you know, it might be thousand thousands of dollars a month just in your training because you're spending money on coaching and metabolic testing and wow. all, all these wow. other aspects. Okay. Yeah, it, it it can get pretty intense. Yeah. Um, so finding that right mix of how how serious are you? You know, or is this something that I really I want to pursue? I'm looking to qualify for. Uh, for the Ironman World Championships. Yep, um, got it, got it. So, know. so what you're, so what you're really saying is, hey, if you're, if you want to, if you're, if you're good and you're competing these long course events, and you're meeting your goals, but now you want to take it to the next level, probably good to find a, a coach that you're in sync with that can help you with nutrition, help you with your training plan, um, and and you know set uh, put a plan in place so you can actually obtain that goal that you've got in mind whether it's to you know finish top 10 in your age group or qualify for a championship event you know and the other thing i'll i'll throw out there that that uh you recommended to me and i've taken advantage of that is is see if professional fitter um a professional fitter that can you know, basically get you in the right position and allow you to go faster using the same amount of effort. Right. And, and you referenced yep. me to Jorge Martinez at free speed lab in the woodlands and he yep. was outstanding. And in fact, I probably need to reach out to him to do a podcast, but that makes a difference. I can, you know, hold, you know, 20, 21 miles an hour in aero position at the same effort that I was riding at 17 or 18 miles an hour uh, previously. Yep. And uh, really the, most of that has to do with position. Some of it has to do with just increased training volume, but um, it makes a big difference. Yeah. And, you know, Jorge, uh, again, a friend of mine, he's also a coach for another organization. And yet I still send my athletes to him. I, uh, um, it's a community. It, it's a community. It, right? For the it is. Good. And, and, here, and here's the thing is if you've got a coach or you're talking to a coach that number one, doesn't know their own limits, or limitations, and they're not uh, secure enough in sending you to 
somebody else for whatever additional thing that is, be it a bike fit, be it nutrition, because that's not something that they specialize in. If you've got a coach that's not that's not a dietitian and they're giving you nutrition advice, you should probably question if you have the right coach or not. Yeah. Engage um, the right resources. I love it, John. Yeah. That's that's you beautiful. Know, okay. I, hey, we I, gotta we gotta go back in time here. Uh, okay. we gotta go back in time. So I want you to go back to your 18 year old self. Okay. What advice would you give yourself? Uh, don't get married. Don't do triathlon. Go to the Naval Academy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, those going to the Naval Academy, I'm hundred percent agree with going to the Naval Academy. That would definitely be a bad decision. Yeah. Don't, don't take up golf. Um, and invest all that money and become a multimillionaire because that because between golf, between golf and triathlon, I think I've managed to somehow pick the two most expensive sports with yeah, the income added, to back it up. If, if you just added in racing cars, you'd have it covered. Uh, oh, I know it's 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 incredible. You'd have it covered. Um, no, but uh, no, seriously, at 18 years old, what, what would I tell myself? I I would definitely tell myself to go to the Naval Academy. That's that's for absolute no joke about that one. Um, but I would have definitely told myself to start golfing as well because uh, I'd be a lot better. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great way to uh, release tension and stress and and, oh, yeah. and have some fun with your buddies. I know that for sure. I know we enjoyed time on the golf course together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that I would, uh, aside from going enlisted between the going enlisted or going through the, the, the officer route that, that I passed up, uh, I, I would have, I would have still done the service. Um, I would, you know, I, I absolutely love this country. I would have uh, joining the military was always going was always going to happen for me. Yeah, um, it was just which way I was going to go. Um, I probably would have uh, taken a little better care of my body in the military. Um, <laughs> well, I don't I, think you really have a, a choice, and uh, uh, a lot of yeah. effort there. A lot of effort, a lot of long marches and, and runs. Yeah, yeah, and then there's just being dumb. Um, which... I love it. I love it. Well, that's good. But hey, John, you've done well. You know, you've started multiple companies. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, you're an IT professional. You've, you've accomplished a lot of things. You're an accomplished, uh, you know, endurance sport coach, and you've accomplished so many things. So you should be proud of it. And uh, hindsight's always fun to look back. And yeah. So it's good, but you've, you've accomplished a lot of things and, uh, super proud to call you my friend and know you. All right. We're going to switch gears and we're going to go to our, our rapid fire brains and brawn segment. So I'm going to ask you five quick questions and you're going to provide me with quick answers. Here we go. What's your favorite movie? Uh, top gun, both of them. Love it. What's your greatest accomplishment? Daughter. I was, I was hoping you were going to say that. (laughs) What's the goal that you are still chasing? Oh Lord! Um, sub five hours on a full half Ironman. Although I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that would be impressive. Okay, yeah. if you could spend the day with anyone, past or present, who would that be? <sighs> Man, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this one. But who would not want to spend a day with Donald Trump? That could be a very interesting day, for sure. <laughs> Trying for not sure. to bring politics into this, but man, that would be a very interesting that would, day. That would be an interesting day. <laughs> right. And where is your favorite place to travel or visit? Vegas. Well, that's never a bad answer. What's, <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? It is in Vegas, yep. <laughs> I love it. All right, John. Any final thoughts for our audience? Uh. Final thoughts are, I would say, if you're looking to get into the sport, uh, don't don't go out spending a ton of money. This sport can get really out of hand really fast. Um, if you're looking for a coach, uh, contact us. We, we, I will lead you to the right coach for you. Uh, Vantage Point is a unique uh a unique organization where we started this organization to be a coaches coaching organization. Whereas we, 
the owners of the the owners all all of the owners of the company are endurance athletes ourselves, uh, but we also all have regular jobs. So none of us are trying to uh, capitalize on every single athlete that comes in. Most of the athletes that contact me end up with another organization. I I regularly will find coaches for people that are in their area. Um, and if it's people that are local to us, I'll tell them the names of all the coaches that I know that are in the area and who they should contact. You Finding the right coach is so important. It's It's got to be a combination of uh, the, the right it, – it's a relationship is the best way I could put it. And if, the, if, if there's animosity or if there's tension, it, it's not going to be good for the coach. It's not going to be good for the athlete. So uh, seriously, if you're, if you're, if becoming a coach is, or, or finding a coach is something that you're looking for, you're more than welcome to, to email me, uh, contact us through our webpage. Uh, maybe we have the right coach on staff for you, or maybe it's me. And maybe it's, you know, one of, one of my friends that owns another coaching organization in the area. I, yeah. I have John, no that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and really generous of you as well. And of course, if you do reach out to John, let him know that you heard about it on Brownie Conversations podcast. So, uh, John, I want to thank you again for this memorable conversation. I appreciate your insights and I'm sure our listeners will as well. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you, what are the best ways to do so? Uh, easiest way is you get us, get to us through our website, uh, vantagepointendurance.com. Um, my, my direct email is john at vantagepointendurance.com. Uh, those are pretty much the easiest way to get us. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, although I don't, I'm, I'm not the Instagram user and don't really even know hey, how no, to log into no our word. account. You got the email yeah. and you got the website and that's perfect. People <laughs> email and website the best ways. F- Facebook as well. Yep. And I'll be putting your contact information up on, on the podcast website as well. So perfect. Well, everyone, that's a wrap for today's Brawny Conversations podcast. Special thanks to our guest, John Tortorici of Vantage Point Endurance. And I also want to thank each of you for choosing to listen to this podcast. New episodes are posted each week. So please remember to follow us and let us help you shorten your learning curve. Have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Brawny Conversations podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us today. And please subscribe to the podcast to receive our latest episodes and give us a follow on social media. New episodes are now in production and we can't wait to share them with you. Pursue your passions and help others along the way. Have a great day and thank you for listening.